2: Is not Billie Jean's lover. <laughs> you think maybe Halloween season would be a thriller reference if we're going to be talking anything off Michael Jackson's
1: landmark album. You know, it's a, a reminder that we have nothing to do with um, the process of how those are produced or tagged onto our show. Yeah, and I've enjoyed it. A lot of them are reacting
3: to current events. This one, though, reacting to a 40-year-old album. From the Chris <laughs> Wessling
2: Podcast it's a hard Studio. Callback.
3: It's around the NFL. Also, very
2: timely. Good job, Gravedigger. <laughs> I'm Dan Hansis. Heroes here. Greg Rosenthal, Mark Sessler. It's week eight on the Sunday night flagship program um, this past Sunday. We went through and tried to figure out who the good teams are. Boys, as we start to spin towards what's around the midpoint of the season now, it would be nice if a couple more very good teams showed themselves, maybe even another great team to join the big three. This would be nice. I would like to see it. Maybe starting this week, a team like, say, the Cowboys or, I don't know, the Vikings or, I don't know, hell, the Bucks or the
1: Packers. Do something. Get us excited. Don't hold your breath. If anything, some of the teams you named I think are gonna head in the other direction. A team like the Packers, a team like the Bucks. It's like mm. I'm a couple bad appearances away with those teams from essentially
3: saying float off but the, but parody and everyone says they want parody until they get like the ultimate parody season and then everyone is complaining about it and I, I, well, I the
1: super teams right, like I,
3: when I was growing up <laughs> over here now that's a New York guy <laughs> which I about get his,
1: he should be happy about but it. the yeah. thing about
3: parody is all of these teams that are stuck in the middle and continue to disappoint they won't be out of it because like in Which the NFC love. 8 wins will get you into the playoffs. In the southern divisions like 9 8, eight wins might win you the division. But so the, this thing will just be drawn out. This dr- is another win. Out. This is another win Keep for the Greg. the people
1: alive. It's another win for Greg because in years past when I would say I don't believe in a Vikings yes. team that's going to even win 9 games and get into the wild card round and get waxed. Now that 9 win team has a viable chance to probably get out of the NFC and it, I find that highly annoying to me as a fan. <laughs>
2: Here we go, another one of those what? shows. I
1: Are thought you- everyone was happy coming into this show. I think the Thursday show. <laughs> I am happy. I am allowed to be. Why should I be pleased by total it's, middle of the road play and teams? That's like, what they want. 14, it's not what I want. Fourteen hundred episodes. The time of my life. <laughs>
2: Fourteen hundred episodes in those opening couple of minutes when you hear that certain tone okay, yeah. in Mark's voice, that little like extra like edge to it you know it's going to be one of those spicy sessions. It's usually
1: when I've had less than two hours of sleep the night before, which is accurate. So like every uh, night since 1996. (laughs) Uh, Sort of. I like
3: these Thursdays, though, because on the other show days, there's like a lot of other things going on, and at least for me, and I think it's for you guys, too. This Thursday show, it's just all ball. We just got this show. We're going to do the best job. You're loyal to football, as we all know. (laughs) Only that. That's great. This is it. I liked your reference to the Southern Divisions as well. I haven't heard that before. Mm, well, they're they're struggling this year. It, other than, you know, those Titans. No one, um, no one, you know, kicks f- four field goals and gets to four and two like those Titans. Ouchers.
1: Why do we have to have division winners into the playoffs in a season like this? I'd say if you're going to do this to us, rearrange how certain teams get into the playoffs. Oh, that's a hot take. I don't think. Oh, that's a
2: spicy meatball. It's Not a hot take.
1: All right, let's shut get up. into. You shut up. We do have a lot to get <laughs> to. We got you trades. We got
3: trades in addition to our previous show. A lot of good. Uh, yeah, we got some trades. Less ahead. bye week teams.
2: Uh, we have uh, people. A lot of people. Streets talking. They're into the You're the GM uh, return episode. So check that out on uh, your check podcast it out twice. Feed. I would suggest. I would say that. It would help us. Clear your cache and then check it out again. Mm-hmm. Um, if that's how it works. <laughs> so before we get into the games and we have two teams on by, the Chargers and Chiefs, let's start with the primetime affair. And that is the aforementioned Green Bay Packers at three and four. How about that? Now they're, they're – uh, gift for that slow start is to go to Orchard Park to face the Bills, who, in addition to being the best team in football, in my opinion, and that of many others, are coming off a bye. So they're nice and healthy and rested. Not a good sign. And uh, also not a good sign. Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show, pointing some fingers and making some statements in the media to get his message across. Let's listen to what Rodgers had to say, uh, because this is something I would like to hear from you boys on.
4: Guys who are making too many mistakes shouldn't be playing. You know, we got to gotta start cutting some reps. And maybe guys who aren't playing, uh, give them a chance. Uh, okay,
2: so let's start there before we get into the game. It's obviously Rodgers. This is a point of contention for Greg and I. I think Rodgers is an intelligent man. Um, there's nothing that he's doing. This is not accidental that he's saying it on the show. He knows it becomes a huge story. He could have the same exact conversation privately with the coaching staff, and he probably did. I would hope he did, but just the idea that he felt the need to make this statement—I don't know—it kind of shows a little bit mark of a schism here, where where, where Rogers sometimes feels like he's a kind of above the team a little bit, and he get he has he believes that he's able to say these things with no fear of retribution.
1: I I'm with you with what you just said in that I have no problem at all with Aaron Rodgers feeling this way. Um, wanting the team to use its roster this way you don't need to go you go tell the team you tell your most of, most of the people he's pointing to i think are younger wide receivers younger players who he doesn't feel in sync with. why are we calling them out on public television why not why is this not a team thing? you're in you're circling the the, the drain here as the Green Bay Packers. You've got a lot to work on. Handle it in so- in-house. That's, unless, that's, that's unless, my approach. That's, a, that's well, a great Someone point. asked him
3: that question on Wednesday. What, like, like who what, he was referring to? He's saying, "Is it he was asked, is it good leadership to bring this public when you could be doing it privately? what he, he say? said? He said, I did it privately. And he, and he said, I don't think it should be a problem for any of these guys to hear criticism. And then he said, people in this society oh, have boy. a hard time hearing truth sometimes, which is an ironic mm. statement, um, from Aaron Rodgers based yeah, on yeah. all of the things he said during the pandemic. If
2: anybody yeah, if anybody prefaces a sentence with people in society, it's like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, you know where you're going. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so there we go. So there's the drama around the Packers and you get you get it. Um, I believe he had also said, I don't know if it was Rodgers who pointed out or someone else connected to the staff that internally it was his highest graded game of the season. That's what I, that's what bothers me. Right. Um and that more obviously, and it's not hard to connect the dots here. It, this is not Aaron Rodgers' fault. This is the fault of the rest of his team and the front office the decision makers and perhaps his coaching staff, but it's not on Aaron. Uh so that is the that's the backdrop of this 3 and 4 team going up to Buffalo Greggy against the Bills team that's looking to make statement after statement that no one is their equal. This could
3: get ugly in, in primetime. I think it is more likely to get ugly than it is for Aaron Rodgers' pep talk after last week's game that this maybe is exactly what we need, going to Buffalo against this great team and being a big underdog and no one believing us. Because that implies, like, we're going to try harder. So a two-game losing streak to the two New York teams – didn't make you try harder in Washington, I don't buy that. And the problem I have with his style of leadership is the lack of accountability. He used the words that other things need to improve in significant ways and that he needs to play a tick better. (laughs) He literally was separating how... Other areas of the team need to improve a lot. And when someone said, well, what about you? And he said, well, I need to play a tick better. And that was a week ago after the second straight loss. This week, he's talking about how well he's grading. Meanwhile, he's openly criticizing his head coach, Matt LaFleur, for putting negative energy into the atmosphere. And that's not the manifestation that he wants. It's thinking like a loser. And I don't know, man, this team just doesn't look like a good team. They're they're a bad defense. And Bakhtiari, by the way, is going to be an injury that Matt LaFleur says they'll be dealing with the rest of the season, which makes me think he might not be playing in this game.
1: I wrote the same thing in my notes, Greg. Aaron Rodgers' accountability. Oh, Greg, uh, Marcus' notes. Cool. I was we're at all this. looking at notes. Look at little Rogers. We accountability. wrote Greg we and I on the, on the same party it. line on that front. Just, hey, no. How do you feel about just make that? Out oh, we're teaming do you feel up about over that, here. It's
3: like uh, the kiss. How do you cousins. feel about that?
1: Yeah, just take the kiss to the next level while you're at it. What are you staring at on your computer screen? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. I don't like the matchup at all for Green Bay, no matter what Aaron Rodgers said, because I think we, talk, we focus so much on Josh Allen and the Bills offense, which is gonna could have a field day against this Green Bay defense. But secondly, it's their defense, what's made, it's to me, which is what makes them so complete and special as well. They, they have, I think, a, a league-wide, you pair their offense and their defense, there's no one that can touch them. They're holding quarterbacks to a 71 rating. Three sacks a game. I don't like the situation at all for Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback, and how he'll play against a defense that I think could dominate them. They're so discombobulated, so disorganized, and Aaron Rodgers can be frustrated, but technically they're not making it happen on offense at all. They're not trying to throw it deep, which I think this is a tough matchup for. He only had one
3: completion over 10-plus air yards last year. I mean, last week against a team in Washington that gives up a ton of big plays, barely any attempts. And then you think about that versus a Buffalo defense that's known for not giving up big plays, known for getting after the quarterback. I I, th- I think he's getting rid of the ball too quickly to avoid hits, more than Brady even. Last week, I thought Brady was hanging in there, trying to make plays at least, and Rodgers hasn't been willing to. Um, the
2: Packers 23rd in scoring uh, entering this game. Nobody would have predicted that, and the desert has Buffalo Lane, 11 and a half points of wood.
1: That's that's crazy. That, Never that's happened before
3: are. for Aaron Rodgers. I mean,
1: there's no way that's got to be by far the biggest spread he's ever They developed. have
3: injury situations, too, with Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, and Alan Lazard. So those are uh, key players for them to
1: watch. Why are they barely using Aaron Jones?
3: Hey, don't get me started on that. And this I mean, week, it's, it's a strange offense. This week
1: might be the toughest
3: matchup Aaron Jones has all season because Matt Milano, to me, is kind of the versatile, speedy, running back killer right now, Milano making a push for All-Pro, and uh, that's the matchup.
2: And for the record, yes, it was uh, the QB coach of the Packers' is Tom Clements, and he uh, it was Aaron Rodgers himself who let the media know that it was his highest-graded game, uh, so not good. Uh, Monday Night Football, love it. Cincinnati Bengals at Cleveland Browns.
3: Nice little uh, Ohio off here. Just shook Sunday off now? I think. Because he's just Mr. Ohio on this show. He's been reassigned. (laughs) Yeah, he's our uh, AFC North consigliere.
2: But, uh, yeah, here's Cincinnati, and uh, their offense, again, uh, showed that it is putting it together now. The Falcons besieged by injuries in that game, but whatever. Like, this is... Seeing any team right now in 2022 starting to separate themselves from the competition and and flex their muscles. When I talk about it, I'd like to see some great teams um, or teams that we acknowledge as good become great. Cincinnati's one of those teams, and uh, they should take care of business against the Browns team that is really fading now um, as we head towards uh, their bye after this game. So the amount of throwing, Greg, that we're seeing – from Cincinnati, I love it. And you've been very vocal in your criticism of Zach Taylor. But I like when a coach just leans into their strengths. They've spread out their offense. They're taking advantage that they have three big-time receivers. Uh, Joe Burrow
3: operates almost exclusively in shotgun, and they are just shredding opponents the last couple of weeks. I love it. I don't know if it's more about the opponent or more about the Bengals, but there haven't been many Offenses that can beat up on bad defenses. The Saints have given up more big plays than any team in the NFL over the last month, and that's who they went after. Last week, it was against the 32nd-ranked pass defense in terms of the, the Falcons missing their top two corners, who I would argue is their best two players. But I love that Taylor is willing to lean into that, and I think they're going to be a pass-first team. And maybe we don't find out this week because they play another one of the worst pass defenses in the league, but who cares? Like I said, like that's what good teams do. And this, I don't just pencil this in for the Bengals. It's in Cleveland. They've lost four straight against Stefanski, so there's something going on with that okay. mat- matchup here. And they're 0-2 in the division this year at the Bengals. So if they went to 0-3, it, uh, it would be
1: problematic. I, I like the Bengals in this game, but I don't just pencil it in for them. I think this Browns defense is, is different and lesser than the Browns defenses that Joe Burrow has faced in the past. I, I, I just think you talked about the Saints and their knack for giving up big plays. The Browns are 30th. In the league and giving up big plays. So you're right. It's hard. This isn't a litmus test for whether or not the Bengals are back. But I do say that it can't just be opponent because the Bengals, their DNA, they did this all last season when they got hot. And so we're seeing it again. And if you wipe out that Steelers opener and essentially week two as well, I mean, what Burrow has done is top five quarterback play. I mean, he's been, he is the real deal. We know that. And with their wide receivers did it all last year. They're doing it again now. And I love this situation for Cincinnati. I think they are one of the teams you can look at to say, if they were good, there's a version of them that we might start to see that puts them in that top four or five teams in the league because there just aren't those other teams. But Cleveland is a sitting duck. on. They have not played well on defense in the entire season, yeah. month plus. They're getting worse.
2: Burrow is different. There was a great sideline conversation that NFL Films caught Last week with Burrow and Jamar Chase and Chase was just like, man, you're just putting it on the money right now. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> it's feeling pretty good. And it was just very, very ho-hum. I think Burrow's my favorite player in the league. Like I've, I've started to like hmm. watch him in a different level this year where it's just like, man, he's special. I like just not just that he's has that kind of confidence about him, uh, but the way he just basically just naturally his ability um, to attack teams. And when he gets hot, It's just like you could just see it. You could see how the entire team lifts around him. And that's what that's the epitome of a franchise quarterback. Um, So good. Good on you, Bengals fans. That's the guy everybody wants. And you got him. So just keep him healthy. And you got another 12, 15 years. Uh, Let's hear from uh, the Wesling brothers from the west side of Cincinnati.
1: Oh, I think I know what they're going (laughs) to do.
2: Because we have ourselves a uh, lock of the week.
4: Hey, heroes. Last week, you sent me a message saying, hey, be a little more concise and take an easier game. Don't take all these hard games. Don't take three-point favorites, three-point underdogs.
3: We told them be that. Like now. We never you said that. take the
4: six-and-a-half-point favorite every week. Ooh, hey, Greg, how's that mirror looking? Ooh, beautiful. The reflection, that's what beautiful. I thought. First place. The Westling family, <laughs> we don't hang onions. We hang pumpkins. And that's why Monday night, Halloween, we're going up to Cleveland and the Bengals go trick or treating all night long. Lock it up. There it is. That's I why love. you
5: got to
3: watch us on NFL Network or on YouTube to see the slow, sexy unzipping of the Or best. the NFL
5: Channel on Thursday night, 6.30 p.m. Pacific, 9.30 p.m. Eastern. Did you guys portal over there anything? You, I, I need, just
2: got
3: some
5: interference in my ear. Yeah, something what, was missing. There it is. Oh, there it is. What's that? Oh, we have a new airing time on Thursdays for the ah, streaming channel. Beautiful NFL Fast Channel.
2: What yeah. a channel it is! Very nice. Um, that was the best uh, Nick Wessling uh, appearance of the season so far.
3: Yeah, not just because. Except it was, he made the Bengals winning this game sound like it was like an act of courage.
2: Well, you have your own <laughs> personal issues with Nick now because <laughs> of the way saying. he came at you there. But I thought it was straight to the point. It had a nice pumpkin, so you had the Halloween uh, motif, Very and topical. I love the lock. I love the lock, yeah. and I thought about it myself. I didn't go down that road, but that that feels good. That feels
3: good. All right. London. Curious, by the way, if the Browns lose this game if they start selling some pieces at 2-6. and six.
1: And maybe mm-hmm. their defensive coordinator as well will be mm-hmm. sold. But, and, you
2: know, do I have to say it again? If you want to hang in that game, try to have the ball for 38 or 40 minutes of game time and give it to one of the best running backs on the planet a lot. And if you're not going to use Kareem Hunt –
1: Trade him. Well, we suggested that on our, our trade show. Trade his
3: ass. Right. By the way, did you just claim Joe Burrow as your guy? Because you said he's your favorite player you can't, in the league. If he's yeah. my have,
1: favorite guy. You can't have Joe Burrow as a guy. But if he's my favorite player, yeah, then he's I your, think he's, your my, he's yeah. my guy. Let me he, write this down. You, I don't yeah. like that at all. Because my guy. Aren't we trying to? I mean, I'm not at all. It's only you guys doing did this. You, but Matt Milano, was he accounted for? Is that you official? You can't have Matt Milano as a guy. I, I've talked about he Milano was West's guy. He was Wes's yep. guy. You can't go take take. Matt Milano as a guy.
2: Well, he's he's giving Matt Milano safety. Ca- safe you can't home.
1: have a superstar as a guy. You cannot have Joe Burrow as a guy. Two out of three. I say Matt Milano could be your guy. Sure, I'll take it.
2: All right, it. so carries. <laughs> low carries. Just a bit. Personal foul. <laughs> roughing the Sessler. It
1: just, it's just a bit, and I accept, I accept that that's what it is.
2: Uh, there's a game in London, <laughs> and uh, it features... It features teams playing football.
3: Would you like some help? You haven't seen these promos all week. Come
2: on. I no. I there's a uh, there's a little glitch in the matrix in the notes. Would you
1: like help on whose? It is the Denver Broncos okay.
2: against the Jacksonville Jaguars yeah. Sunday 9:30 a.m. Eastern. And <sighs> see what we get from the Jaguars. They're more competitive this year. Obviously, um, they nearly beat the Giants, if not for a goal line tackle. By Big Blue, uh, but the story around uh, this game has been Russell Wilson and Russell Wilson's availability. He missed the loss to the Jets with a uh, what's been labeled as a hamstring tear of some kind. Uh, here he was uh, explaining to the media last week. He explained that uh, you know he's a Wolverine, and that explained his ability to heal quickly. And then uh, uh, this week he explained what he was doing on the long flight uh, over the pond. I don't really get jet lag too often. You know, I don't. I don't really. Um, you know, I've traveled enough to, to get, you know, kind of get my system down. But uh, yeah, for me, I was on the plane first two hours. I was, uh, uh, first two hours, about eight, what was it, eight hours flight here? Uh, so the first two hours
0: I was watching the film, getting, watching all the cut-ups and everything else. And then for the next four hours, I was doing treatment on the plane. I was walking up and down the aisles. Everybody was knocked out. I was doing high knees
2: and working on my, working on my legs and everything else, you know, making sure I'm ready to rock. Uh, so that was good. And then the last two hours, of. The last hour of that, I, I watched. Uh, I fell asleep for one hour, and I watched the film the rest. So, yeah, uh, and he is practicing on a limited basis this mm, week. Right. So,
3: Mr. Limited.
2: Yes. Mm. There you go, Justin. Had to do that. Um, there's a lot of uh, criticism Russell Wilson's way right now, Greggy. Maybe too much. I saw something from Keyshawn Johnson at ESPN where he's just burying him. It's like, all right, enough, uh, Keyshawn. How about we check out what it, you did during your career? Uh, that turn things toward yourself as well, speaking of mirrors. But uh, your thoughts on the Russell Wilson situation and and what this could mean for the Broncos as the season continues to take on a really weird form.
3: Yeah, we've had our fun. I think we're getting to the point where I'm starting to feel bad for him. But it's his play on the field that's the shocking part. The stuff off the field, he's been that guy throughout his career. The fact that they've only scored eight offensive touchdowns over the course of the season is mind-boggling. And this is... Not that tough of a matchup. We thought the Jaguars' defense was going to really be something this year. They've fallen apart a little bit the last couple of weeks. Uh, I think there should be yards to get against this defense. Shaq Griffin went on injured reserve. Trey Herndon struggled last week. who we came in for him. They've been a very healthy team. I've been mentioning Devin Lloyd getting cooked each and every week. That happened again uh, against the Giants. So you could try to match up Melvin Gordon, I guess, as your running back or a tight end against him in coverage. Russell Wilson hopefully took that week and, I don't know, took a br- took a mental breath and can play a little football without being so panicked because he's just playing bad
1: football. That's the main part of all this. I find it more annoying... Um, than the stair-stepping, walking up and down the aisle business thing that he claims to not be susceptible to uh, jet lag. <laughs> Unlike, you know, I mean, we just went to London. I'm susceptible to jet lag. Dan was calling the Steelers the Pittsburgh Pittsburgh Pirates on our Tuesday <laughs> show after. So let's let's chill on that. I, I You know, I can't imagine that there isn't a bit of a schism on the Broncos in terms of their defense playing the way that they are. They've allowed seven touchdowns all season. They're doing everything possible to give the offense a chance to win these games, and it's not happening because – The offense is so disorganized. I wonder if Jacksonville can do anything against this defense. I thought that last week... was Trevor Lawrence's best game of the season? Uh, really? Maybe his second best game, second or third best game. I would
3: say it was one of his worst
1: games. Worst games? No way. He played clean. A can not end it. I disagree. I thought he played. I thought he crying. played a clean game last week against the Giants. I mean, they just th- they were ran on so hard by New York. Mm, it's my, hard my to my see thing, you guys, uh, crumble like this. Relationship. <laughs> I just as disagree. As it was I thought he. he my thing ago. with
3: him, and, and you saw it on like that last drive, on the second to last throw he had in the game. How many throws a game does he
1: just miss by? seven or eight yards. The accuracy is a real He's issue. He's doing that though. in every game, though. Fair. So it's like, it's not that there, this was a... He does... He throws high of targets every game. That that came down to the end. I mean, he he also aggressively... I thought he converted on fourth and one. a big pass. So I think Doug Peterson's trusting him to do well, more. Let's, pissed
4: off, if he
1: gets
2: one yard extra, they beat the Giants, and it's a huge win for the Jaguars. So, you know, that that's that's the way it goes sometimes. Just to circle back to Wilson, the one thing that Russell Wilson and I really want to... I want to try to understand him, and it's tough to understand him. Um, But does he even have the requisite self-awareness to understand the uneven ground he stands on right now in his locker Uh, room or the world around him? He just seems so insulated uh, from human being stuff that I wonder if he is he even in the place where there's more urgency in his mind or that do I have to make these changes or is he watching the film and not seeing what other hmm. people are seeing? I, I don't know what's going on with well, that guy.
1: Even watching that interview, I mean, I think you're, you're talking about Aaron Rodgers being a bit detached from the rest of the team to some degree, right? It's a different type of detachment with Russell Wilson. Oh. I, it just seems to me uh, to Clearly. be a balloon up in the sky. I don't understand how he can be in this mind state um, after what's occurred so far. And I've it's been... gotten him
3: this far, I guess, is how yeah. he, like relentless positivity without necessarily recognizing the realities of the situation around him, has gotten him
1: this far. And so I guess he's still rolling with it. And it treated special for 18 years now, too, as a human being.
2: Right. And even within the sphere of the NFL, like we work here in the NFL Network home offices, NFL media headquarters. And there's a, right next to our huddle, our cafeteria, there's a huge, photo of Russell Wilson sitting on like a gym, like working out with his hands clenched, like with staring at the camera with a giant word across his body, integrity. And it's like this, mm. this uh, image that he's built or has been built around him. It's almost like now that the, the play isn't backing it up, everything feels so out of whack and strange. And yeah, you wonder if the side eyes in that Denver locker room are going on hyperdrive, especially when they see, him, it's not even close to the level of Aaron Rodgers. I want to make that clear, too. Like, I hated what Rodgers did this week with his teammates and the way he kind of separated himself. Russell Wilson doesn't do any of that.
3: Completely different. But no, he, For the most part, he's not harming anyone, which is why what now he does it feels do, like it's
2: too much. What he does do is, in an effort to show that he's Wolverine, He'll say things like, I'm high-stepping through the plane while everyone else is sleeping, and I don't even think he has the awareness no. <laughs> that he's throwing people under the bus by that comment, whereas Rodgers, you know he knows exactly what he's doing. Right, there's a, a lack difference. of
1: precision with Wilson on that
3: comment. Also, you know, I do I want to apologize to Mark. You know, we're QB index brothers here. Maybe right. I was, being was uh, speaking a little about Rodgers under the bus. I think it's I've reached this point of frustration with Lawrence that I'm watching this game, and I'm just like, I just want more, and I feel like he's been put at this pedestal from certain QB evaluators, and I just don't see it and I want more. And like Put last the pester on the pedestal. Last huh. week was a game where I watched it and I thought, wow, that game was there for the taking. The new RPO stuff they're doing, that's I think that why they traded James Robinson is Lawrence running and ETN running. It's fun. Like and he's good at that sort of thing, but he to me, he's like a, a taller Tua right now. And I'm just like, give the, that hey, game it, was there for the taking and he missed so many throws. That it was just, I, I reached the point where
1: I was like, show me more Trevor Lawrence. I think what I was comparing him to was yeah. himself, not yeah. other quarterbacks. Because Fair. you're right. We haven't had like the two or three game stretch where he's tearing it open like Joe Burrow. There's not, there's not, he, he should be. That's what they drafted him for. That's what mm-hmm. we thought he'd become. And he's not there yet because the inconsistencies are there every week with him. It would be great if he did something against the Broncos' defense.
2: Can I just, uh, as someone on the outside of the yeah. QB index universe, sure. uh, unsolicited advice, like we were saying with Aaron Rodgers, Greggy, it's okay to have that feeling and to share that criticism behind yeah. closed doors. Okay. And you could have had that That's conversation good. with Mark, but to say it That's on good. the podcast undermines what Mark's trying to do to establish himself on the QB index beat.
1: I mean, I okay. would rather... I think it makes for good listening. Right. I, I mean, mean rat conflict is just good in podcasting. Yeah, I agree. I'm not saying I'm right or wrong. In every relationship's
3: saying. different, but there's no one that I would battle with more than Chris about these things. And it wasn't a lack of respect, certainly. I think it's showing respect when you disagree. That's all. I, I agree know, with what
1: he is agreeing Oh, with. yes.
3: <laughs> yeah, we're really kissing cousins <laughs> oh over here. God.
2: I
0: love you also.
2: I see the cracks in the veneer. All right, let's take a break, <laughs> and we'll get to the draft.
0: Let's see <laughs>
6: So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire.
3: All right. (laughs)
2: Let's get to the draft. Uh, Greg,
3: you have the first overall pick. I do. And once again, it's a week where I don't think there's an obvious great first choice. <laughs> so I'm going to take the Giants and the Seahawks as my first choice. Oh, Cause I want to lock in a good late okay. game. Okay. And I really want to see that game. And I haven't been able to watch the Giants in a live game. I don't think all year. Weirdly. I wanted them last week. I want this game. In theory, it's Gino's revenge game, but really it's a game between two Gino's of them, revenge game. You know, for what you're like, literally the only person
2: that remembers he was on the Giants, including, Gino.
3: I mean, how about John Mara doing him dirty when they put him in and Ben McAdoo had the right vision. This guy is better than Eli right now. And he went and played a solid game. And then John Mara comes in and takes him back out of the lineup. Let's get Eli back in for a year and a half. That always that worked out well. That always bothered you. The, the way was they was so treated they. Remember had, the Eli, right. the Eli Manning it wasn't right. situation or you know, like, McAdoo's fault. Why
1: would the Giants? We were on the same party yeah, line, you and yeah, I, did. Yeah, How would that work out for everyone? It's like,
2: why would the Giants, Greg, treat Eli Manning with deference? <laughs> oh, let me see. But at the point that he mm. after he came in, it two was numbers, stupid. two Don't numbers. Don't bring him in. Why? it why? is? Oh, it's have, too, there two were numbers in the forties. Mm, Forty-two yeah. and forty-six. Why is Greg mad about this still? Yeah. Mm. Why does he get under his skin? The, 46. Okay. Yeah. Throwing some Gino, and it's basically like a
3: nuclear bomb in Greg's life. I mean, here here's another couple of numbers: five and four. That's like the the amount of games they won, or five and three, the amount of games they won those two years. So it's like. Anyways, good game. You <laughs> can't, can't wipe out the scoreboard of those two Sundays The in main, February. The main um, reason, I think even if I wasn't a Geno fan, is like these are two of the most surprising teams in the NFC, and I think we're at the point where one or both of them could be in the playoffs. At this point, the Giants are favored to make the playoffs. Mark is showing me one of his highlighted notes, Dan, is two biggest surprises in the NFC. Greg and I just simply
1: are living in each other's minds at this point. It's almost like we don't need both of you. One of you can go home. I don't like that direction. I don't like we're going.
3: (laughs) I like this matchup for the Seahawks because of Kenneth Walker. The Giants are dead last in the NFL in yards per carry allowed. Uh, I think they're dead last in rushing DVOA allowed. The way you attack run blitz, I mean, blitzing in general, is with a good running game. They've shown major cracks the last couple of weeks, giving up big plays in the running game to ETN. And I think Kenneth Walker and the Seahawks team can mash on the ground in addition to Gino. And that's why I'm locking this baby up. How about Whoa. that? Okay. How about that? All right.
2: I like it's always good whenever your opponent's locking with his heart. I like that. Uh, <laughs> you have not been buying into the – you wouldn't even vote the Giants of, as being a good team on Sunday, as I recall. And I'm not saying the Giants are a great team, but like we're saying, count off the teams that are
3: better than good right now. It's it's a, it's a very small – They've got something special brewing. List. They
1: believe they're going to win when they get to the fourth quarter and they make all and the that, plays. And that I mean, is something absolutely – cool. absolutely But their style matters. of play, I think, allows that to be – something they can believe in because they wore down Jacksonville big time last week. They're running the ball as well as anyone in the league. Their quarterback can run for 100-plus. And against the Seattle defense, I think it's an interesting lock, Greg, because... I think the Giants can do what they want to do against this defense.
2: I think you're trying to make a statement through your lock, and that's fun. I like it. Kenneth Walker, he's definitely looked great. He iced that game with the 74-yard run, which showed that he has burst and power. He's got the whole thing. You like that? No DK Metcalf most likely in this game, right? Almost definitely, yeah. uh, He suffered. He's very fortunate. Um, It wasn't a ruptured patellar tendon, which is – terrible injury uh, for any football player, but he, he damaged it in some way. So he hasn't been practicing. I would not expect him to be in this game. So that takes away one of Gino's weapons. That's huge. Uh, Gino was good last week. He, you know, a couple balls up for grabs. Greg, sure.
3: I wonder. He uh, still makes a couple. That's that
1: Eli comp I gave you earlier. in the year. Yeah, I he, really think there's something
5: to okay. it. He'll
3: make
1: a couple throws every game where it's like, I completely believe in the Gino thing right now. I mean, he's just making some incredible no, throws. No, I mean,
2: this is his throw is he's is having a great season. Um, but he is not also above throwing the ball up for grabs, and he's right now been uh, living a charmed year in some ways. I just wonder if he comes down to earth a little bit in this game against uh, Wink Martindale, who might have something cooked up uh, for Gino to frazzle him a little bit because he deserves the benefit of the doubt. Because who's getting more out of their team uh, than uh, Wink Martindale right now on that defense?
3: How about um, Shane Waldron on the other side? The okay. thing is, we yes. never we never bring him up, and yeah, their defense. We didn't talk about it much, but they tried to transition to a 3-4 defense. They did transition to a 3-4 defense. Very different from what Pete Carroll has done uh, for the last 10, 11 years. And you saw some growing pains. And now I do think you're seeing improvement. As a, a Seahawks fan now, that's basically what I am. Uh, Does I'm that mean you're not a Patriots fan anymore? Probably I'm, both. I'm a, I'm a Patriots He's fan. Both. I can be both. He's both. fan of
1: like 12 other teams too. I'll let you know. What is They're the, definitely top two right now. Yeah. Who's, top, the, who's, top who's your favorite team?
3: <laughs> the Patriots. Okay. But – I don't just checking know. It in.
1: Actually, it's like the minute New England close. stops producing Lombardi trophies, Greg's on the I, fence with the Patriots. I mean, I told Patriots. you I mean, that at on. the time; it I, wasn't a popular I, well, opinion with you. and not Wes,
3: anyone. I said when Tom Brady leaves, it's never going to feel. The same. There
1: isn't a, a st- there isn't a poster of Greg's face with integrity up in our next to our <laughs> huddle. Jones,
3: sure. <laughs> uh, Daniel Jones is playing much more calm in the pocket, but they will be short two offensive linemen here. I, I like the way Daniel Jones is playing; like he's just not as skittish. Uh, but they are short two offensive linemen, and they're starting tight end so they have some injury issues. That's funny cuz well. like
1: they when they went out those alignment last game it didn't stop what the Giants did or how they did it. Didn't I make, make any that's impact gonna, at. all. That's fair. They also will be without Kadarius Tony who was traded to the Kansas City Chiefs right what before a, the, what the show. A transition I thought from you wanted to want to talk about transitioning to the 3-4 defense. I'll transition to a news what item a right there. transition by this guy.
2: Wonderful. He's been doing this for a long time and uh, people should know um I also have my notes here. If you Want to get a tight shot on this if you can? Um, giant Seahawks, good, not bad. Open parenthetical, surprise, close parenthetical. So, that incredible insight you guys had that you shared in your notes. I also had it written down.
4: Well, we're He's in co- top we're, 10 football
1: insider. Thank you. We're operating in concert because, <laughs> a good sign. Uh, because, uh,
3: <laughs> I mean, it is quite a note, surprisingly good. Uh, they. Because we don't have the Chiefs in this show, uh, we should mention, this is a big trade for them, a third-round compensatory pick. So that's at the very end of the draft, uh, at the end of the third round. But it's still a third-round pick. They got it in the Ryan Poles goes to Chicago uh, deal where you now get compensatory picks for developing uh, minority candidates for GM or or coaching jobs, and a sixth-round pick. They have them for three more years Yes, he can't stay healthy. He he's been a little bit of a troubling player for the Giants to manage, but he is incredibly dynamic and it's exciting to think of a player incredibly dynamic in that Chiefs system. It could wind up being a great move. To me, he's a much better version of McCall Hardman if he stayed healthy.
1: You tend to trust that Andy Reid and the Chiefs will find a way to make this work better than what the it's Giants It's more have done. than
3: a yeah, like a
2: a flyer for the Chiefs because that's that's a real picks that they gave up, I guess. And three years of him, too. Like, yeah, it's you not get a three years term. of control. And it's better, certainly, than like the last couple of years where it was like, oh, the Chiefs have signed Josh Gordon. It was like, oh, da, da. <laughs> can we please? <laughs> uh, this is a player with an exciting high ceiling that was selected by a different regime in New York. And that would be the only thing. He quickly wore out his welcome, but maybe in the structure of Kansas City and what they've built there. But we know everybody's loving the Dable. Giants Joe Shane era so far and they didn't seem to like him or feel like they needed him around so
1: yeah they who knows them better than the Giants so we'll see what the Chiefs can do
2: all right let's uh
1: move to the second pick it would be Mark Sessler well this is easy for me and I'm glad it's still sitting here I didn't think it would be but I'm going to take Niners at Rams and I think we kind of just assumed that the Rams are going to fix the problems uh I'm not so sure about that one because I think their issues, obviously, are along the offensive line. You have now have Joe Noteboom out of the mix. It does sound like Brian Allen, the center, will be back, which is which is big for Matthew Stafford because when they faced the Niners last time, that's when they lost him. And you're dealing with Matthew Stafford and a, a center he had never played with, even in practice. And, and Stafford having to call protections at the line, that game turned so chaotic. And it was just another notation in the Niners-Rams confrontations where the Niners just have simply dominated the Rams. It's got to annoy Sean McVay to such a high level to be dominated by a Kyle Shanahan this way. I, I think this is L.A. season right here. If you Whoa. lose this thing, I do because I know I understand Wowzer, they're in a bad Mark. division. They're three and three, but I understand they're in a bad division. But if you get dominated by the Niners again, I I wonder if it trades it changes their complexion on who they might trade for trade deadline wise or who they might give away um, and what they do. I, I I get that you're still alive, but I I would have a tough time believing in a Rams team that cannot get past this team. And, I, and I, I don't know if what their problems are if they're fixable. I just don't know if they're fixable. Yeah, I need to see it. I,
3: I don't assume they're going to fix everything. I don't think they'll turn into sellers or not be as aggressive. If they lost this game, they're going to maybe be more aggressive or just as aggressive because I, I just think they're they're all in and that's what they do. And it wouldn't surprise me to see them pick up a receiver. Maybe Brandon Cooks, when Mike Garafolo threw that out on Tuesday's show, that like old teams still like them. I'm like, okay, that's specific. There is, and that's about right I know now. They, they're could limited. Be Brandon cooks and yeah. The Rams. Yeah. They're limited
2: sense. in terms of their assets, draft apps, assets, because they've traded so much in recent years, but they'll find a way and they will add somebody. That's what this, this Rams regime is all about. And they see that the NFC West has been hugely disappointing themselves, included the divisions there, which means there's a path. Even if you don't get the buy this year, uh, there's a path to a home game. And, and in the playoffs, and then who knows, you get hot. So they're going to make a move. It d- just depends what it is, whether they, it's adding a, a lineman, offensive lineman, a pass rusher, a wide receiver, maybe all three. I don't put anything past them. They're it, hyper-aggressive. It
1: does help. Van Jefferson is healthy again, too, so it's it sounds like he will right. be back. Oh, so he will play. And I think they made a little bit of a change
3: in the game against the Panthers that's worth watching. Stafford was 10 for 10 under center in that game for 142 yards in a touchdown. The second half of that game, I thought was the best half their offense had all year. And under center is more the old school Rams. It's the Jared Goff Rams, play action, simplify things, make it a little easier on the quarterback and maybe on the offensive line as well. And he played well in that scenario because one thing we've been hesitant to do on this show is criticize Stafford too much because of the situation, but he has one of the worst grades on PFF, one of the worst um, numbers from any metrics when he has a clean pocket. He, he hasn't just struggled when the offensive line struggled. He's just struggled. And uh, that game against the 49ers, obviously, was, was probably the nadir. Yes, yeah. it was. <laughs> I think there's some... Nadir.
1: Uh... The
2: <laughs> uh, for me anyway the idea that yes it was the nadir I do like that
1: you know Greg planned that line for, I, uh, like, I totally did not you think I uh I
2: I built in some accident forgiveness with Stafford because I remember how lost they were last November and then they're hoisting Lombardi and he's playing at a superstar level in the postseason uh or in the Super Bowl uh so I I'm not ready to bail. I don't think this is a winner or you're in your screwed situation, but I think it could reshape their season if they could, you know, get one on Kyle and also build on the end of their previous game against Carolina because they really did look like the Rams at the but end. In of that, that game.
1: Carolina game, though, I w- I will note it that, that like Christian McCaffrey, here we go, prime time. The Niners have another week to kind of bake him into the plan. He had 158 scrimmage yards against that Rams defense with a bad Panthers offense. Ooh, so that's a good point. <laughs> I would like to see what um, impact he has on this. And I think they're going to use him in a ton of different ways. You mentioned how the 49ers own them
3: and the 49ers are coming off a very humbling loss for a team that thought they were going to be all about defense. I know the chiefs are good on offense, but they made the chiefs look better on offense than anyone, I guess, since week one in, in the Cardinals, the The 49ers have won seven out of their last eight against the Rams. Now the one that they lost was the biggest one, the NFC Championship. But even that game took Jimmy Garoppolo with a shoulder that required surgery and a 10-point fourth-quarter comeback. So they just have the Rams' number. It's a fair statement, and I I thought about locking this game up, but that just felt hurtful to uh, to my daughter, Ellis. Real? That's you factored that in. She watches Game She's Day View. A, Everyone well. should check this out on uh, on Friday afternoons. But they watch it and. Uh, they don't like it. She doesn't like it when I pick the Rams. But you know, you hear about it at all. I home. still will. I guess she wouldn't have known I locked them up. I was so going to say, you really,
2: that's an interesting uh, conundrum you put yourself in because she's probably
3: not going to hear this, right? That's a good point. Uh, you also have noted. T- and I still am picking the 49ers, but it just felt mean to uh, go against the Homestead. <laughs> Emeka's become a pretty big Rams fan too.
1: you know. But you've noted that your wife, uh has <laughs> never listened to one episode of our podcast. <laughs> No, so so it, it we, would require your daughter. You're pretty. Into- you're pretty
2: well covered here, Greggy. Yeah.
1: We played 30 <laughs> seconds
3: uh, of the show once in the car, and she and there was like no. Who do you think would much. be her
1: favorite um, cast member on the show if she were to listen to more than 30 seconds? I, well, me. A, she I me. She I married me. She married me. You know, yeah. Ultimately, I don't she assume so that likes that, me. I don't think that would be a guarantee that it's Greg. <laughs> <laughs> so you think it's you? No, I'm just saying there are two other people. Put it she, this way. Put it this way. She may like Greg, the person, and the. Connect the dots here,
3: Mark. Yeah. She's never
2: listened to the show before, yeah. and we haven't been in Greg's house in almost 10 years.
1: Well, I she,
3: we have be listened to the show because she doesn't care resume. about football, and the last thing she wants to do is hear me talk
1: more. Can you imagine living with me? That's why I don't think she'd... <laughs> I think she'd like to have a break from you and yeah, more Dan exactly. and Mark would be welcome. I think that's true. Maybe it's not like, that Honey, hunter.
2: I'm going to Japan for another seven months. <laughs> I'll see you in the summer.
3: I do feel like you guys have a
2: pretty healthy marriage overall, though. Right? No,
3: it's healthy. Yeah.
2: It's good. I didn't know that's that was kind of a new revelation from Mark. Wait, what? what did Mark say? Well, that you might not be her favorite person on the podcast.
1: I, I, I mean... didn't make a statement. I'm just saying it's an it's out there as a possibility. I take that as a bit. Uh,
2: let's move to third pick. Uh, it's the old <laughs> Zeuser's pick, and I will go with the Arizona Cardinals traveling to Minneapolis, Minneapolis to face the Minnesota Vikings. How dare you? Ooh, always feels good to hurt your friends. In this exercise, uh, the Vikings coming off a bye, five and one, and you'd say, okay, there you go. Well, Dan, you're looking for great teams. Oh, there's a five and one team. No, Vikings right now are not great. They're pretty good. They've been good at closing games. The schedule overall has been pretty forgiving. I mean, you got here's their wins: Green Bay, week one, and now we know means less know, now le- means less. They got waxed by Philly in prime time. That feels right.
3: Barely beat the Lions. That was a game they were outplayed completely for most of the game.
2: Right. Uh lost to New Orleans by a field goal and then beat Chicago by seven and beat Miami with a third string quarterback at uh by eight. So we
3: beat New Orleans
2: in London. We were there. You were there. Yeah, what it says L. What is going on here? I thought so. It was that was the Will Lutz double joint game. What's going on? Uh here we go. Arizona Cardinals now coming off a game where they put up—they did, right? Am I am I going crazy? I mean, I
3: don't—I don't feel the need to, you know, put yeah the blame on them there. I didn't put the blame on anybody.
2: I'm just that it <laughs> well, says how L it, next to it. If, and- if
3: Johnny uh, from <laughs> research. Drew, Drew Christensen, who's in the back here, used to work in the research. If he happened to be the person that put together this page and happens to be a fan and was listening, he's dying inside right now. So. They beat well, the
2: Saints 28 But I just well, did. I, I just yeah, did. I think you did. I want to say that the uh, NFL media research team is incredible. They do an excellent job. And I love their work, and I use it constantly in the ramp up to each week. It's extremely Invaluable. Invaluable.
1: Yeah.
2: In this case, they I got banged a little bit. But that's, that's okay. my problem. I was at the game in yeah, London. right. I shouldn't have stumbled on that.
1: Yeah, this could this is something that also could have been handled um, in-house versus in-house. going very publicly. But like that was more,
2: done. yeah, it was kind of like in real time it was all happening, I was spinning I out. I could see you yeah. um,
1: reacting to it in real time. Because it didn't make sense in my head no. even. <laughs> right. And I'm, I'm staring at that red L. And that, and we did have jet lag coming back. For the. It could have been, unlike Russell Wilson, unlike Russ. something we could maybe have been false susceptible to. And when, that was when, our Cardinals-Vikings
2: preview. <laughs> All right, let's move on. No, so the Cardinals, uh, the reason I took this game, the Cardinals had not been my favorite team to watch this year. In general, the regime is not uh, something that I believe in. And yet, the Thursday night game was interesting to me because you had them... Uh, scoring points, you had them uh, getting uh, two big defensive plays to change that game um, against Andy Dalton and the Saints. And then I also liked in the second half, after those two pick sixes at the end of the second quarter, changed the, the game the way that every time uh, the Saints showed signs of life, the Arizona offense said, "No, no, 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 let's chill out this game's over it was over then and it's still over and that was the final score 42-34 with some lipstick on the pig to make it look that close so the cardinals may be coming out of their funk maybe a team that's ready to make a statement against a 5 and 1 minnesota squad that record aside is a little more vulnerable i like this setup if Ooh. and i put put a lot on on Cliff and Kyler to seize on this moment to kind of get their season really on track if they can get this win. But they've let us down uh, many times in the past when we thought they were in a good spot to make a make a big statement.
3: They also have a couple of offensive line injuries that are very concerning. Hud, Rodney Hudson's been out. We know they lost Justin Pugh. I noticed uh, Beecham was out of practice. That, that makes me worried, but I think they're making up for it with the design runs for Kyler Murray. It, it is funny that Kyler Murray told the broadcast crew 2 weeks ago, "You know, I think I want to start running again." Like <laughs> almost like he's the coach and then
1: he has I mean, and yeah. it's it's totally transformed their offense. I there's no more Cardinals experience to me than them <laughs> having finally the offensive output and the kind of game that we were hoping that DeAndre Hopkins had a lot to do with that but it, it nestled around uh, Kyler Murray shouting at Cliff Kingsbury like there is a weirdness to the makeup of this team in so many different ways that said I think that the DeAndre Hopkins thing um, is a week to week gain for them I, I I just I think that the way they used them all over the place last week and if you get Robbie Anderson um, up to speed here and Ooh. at some point you get Hollywood Ooh. Brown back and Rondale Moore I, I kind of just like the weapons around Kyler Murray more than the one thing is and I don't like to do this too much, but if you look at their schedule down the stretch, they played the easier part of their schedule. It is brutal. Hmm. They're gonna have to be about as organized as possible. Yeah, I I don't I don't love them in this spot. I trust the Vikings more.
3: You're you're right about DeAndre moving around, like the uh, the next gen stats route charts, uh kings, like Josh Norris who loves sending those out, noticed how they were using them a lot more hmm. Um, creatively. I was trying to figure out how are the Vikings 5-1, and one. just like did a little deep dive at all their different numbers. And they I, won five games and lost one. And I did, I did find That's something it. interesting. Every single bit of their profile, passing, rushing, no matter what analytics it is, all screams average, middle of the pack, except for one thing. They are number one in the league in field position when they get the ball, and number one in the league in opponent's field position when the opponent gets the ball. So they're like the eighty five Bears in field position. Mm-hmm. Get your tickets. Well if Sunday. If you're eighty
2: five Bears in field position and you have Justin Jefferson right. in this landscape, it's gonna lead to a lot of W's. And to that point, Mark, you said and this isn't uh this isn't coming at you on your analysis, which is well studied, as we know. I've heard this passed around with different teams this week. Like, oh, this team has the hardest schedules The season. Oh, this team has the easiest schedule. It's like all these teams are basically the same. So I look at the Cardinals' <laughs> schedule. and It's like after this week, Seattle. Okay, at Rams. All right, home <laughs> against San Francisco. Okay, the Chargers.
1: Okay. Well, like, forty. I think a buy Seattle the and forty nine ers is not. No I'm easy. not saying it's they're a all going. The but it's not I like a like, gauntlet. Get, well, they're. they're, they're there is no NFL season but like what that I'm right saying. now. Right. But, that's Dave, what I'm but then, I think the Cardinals, to me, are where I can see it with the Niners. I can see it with Seattle. I have no idea what the Cardinals are going to be week to week. I think their defense has gotten better and better. That's probably if what they can hang some their hats up, on. Upward trajectory.
3: The fact that they are
2: three and four uh, is a good thing because they have been pretty bad for most of the year. And if they could find a way to clean some things up, again, in a very huge middle class of the NFL. Uh, that will get them back to the playoffs. Now, let's move to Snake. It's time for the Sunday Drive presented by Toyota. Oh, it really, you know, the AFC East was run by the Patriots for so long, boys. And, you know, we were talking about Monday night. Um, did when Did you watch the game on Monday? <laughs> yes, Bill, I definitely did. We all did. On Monday night, the Chicago Bears were up 33-14 inside the five-yard line with a chance to get a 40 burger and you had both Manning brothers on the Manning cast saying, do it, do it, do it. <laughs> and it made me think back to last year uh, when the jets had a rookie quarterback go out of a game uh, with an injury to his knee. And it was a young jets team, uh, not very talent, rich and certainly no experience. And the Patriots ran up to score on the jets 54 to 13 in that game at Foxborough. And after the game, Uh, The Jets players are unhappy about it. Richard Seymour in some Fakakta Patriots celebration at halftime uh, called the Jets. uh, This is a perfect time for the celebration. The Jets are our homecoming game. And that's why people like Peyton Manning are saying run up the score in the Patriots. And that's why the Jets should remember what happened last year uh, when they faced New England. Because for the first time, even though the Jets now eight games in a row, have been underdogs in Vegas every week. They're again an underdog in this game. I'm not saying the Jets are going to be in position to do what the Bears did last week uh, because, I don't know, that was kind of a weird little funky game, Um, and I don't expect New England to give an effort and performance that bad again. Uh, But the Jets have such a great opportunity here, even with the injuries, which everyone knows that listens to the show, and I was in some mourning, uh, the timing of it, and I was upset about it how the Brees Hall injury and Vera Tucker kind of, to me, lowers their ceiling. I still think they absolutely can make another huge um, statement internally in their building in terms of moving forward into a new era by beating the Patriots at home. I think it will be very disappointing if they don't find a way. They do need Mark. They do need Zach Wilson to, to play better. And that's the one thing that I'm... I'm holding my breath on because they need him now, especially now you lose a superstar potential type guy in Brees Hall, the way he was starting to come into uh, form. You need the quarterback to give you more. He's given you nothing the last two weeks.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's there you see little things with Zach Wilson, but that we just on our network show, they showed the the highlight of him figure eighting like twice away from – He does that stuff from, a lot. Right, and he, and he seems to walk into a worse situation, and then he'll throw the ball into another zip code. It just – uh. It gets a little chaotic for my liking uh, with Zach Wilson. I mean, and really what they were hoping was that you surround Zach Wilson with a Brees Hall heart of the offense and you have that ground game. I don't know if James Robinson's going to, I'm not sure James Robinson's 100% healthy. Like they talked about him having a knee in Jacksonville before. Well, he seemed to indicate
3: that the team almost put that on him because they didn't want to play him because they knew he was going to. Man, trade he's treated him. weird down and there. And the Jets, you know, get a look at the medicals before that deal. I, I think Michael Carter is the guy, by the way.
2: Right, the I think I think so, I yeah. think
1: Carter Slew dude. I mean, it, when it comes to the Jets, I mean, I will, I, I kind of love their season and they're enjoyable to watch. Um, but they have benefited by playing Jacoby Brissett. Uh, Kenny Pickett early on in his starting days here, Skylar Thompson, Brett Rippey, and, and, and they've done a good job against those the quarterbacks. Second,
3: only the second starting quarterback they right. played this they also, year.
1: They also beat Aaron Rodgers, so I mean, you got to factor that in. I just think this is, um whenever it's Bill Belichick and the Jets, who seems to especially dislike the Jets, for reasons that um I think go beyond just the fact that they're a division opponent, he loves stamping the Jets, <laughs> yeah. and he's going to want to do it again, uh, but this would be a huge, I think, psychological win for the Jets, That's no matter what's going on. Thank
2: you, Mark. Psychological it would be such a lift for the entire organization to kind of put the Patriots in their rear view mirror and say, we are the team that should be viewed as chasing the Bills. That's not the
3: Patriots. Right. They, this is a chance to really bury the Patriots at three and five. It's a huge playoff race type of game. I think the Jets at five and two are obviously playoff contenders. And it's a home division game against the team that's last place in your division. It's a great spot. Like, that That 50-burger the Patriots put on him a year ago were when, when they were in similar spots, the Patriots were 2-4 and four going into that game. Like, people thought the Patriots season was over, and I think there's a feeling in New England it's like that now that the sky is falling. Belichick does tend to bring out his best stuff after a disaster against the Jets and against bad quarterbacks. And right now, I think you look at the last two weeks... And Zach Wilson's one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the league. I think that's unquestionable. And it, it's amazing they're winning these games like this. They'll need more from him. He showed something in his first two starts, I thought. He was making most of the right reads. But he's looked pretty lost the last two weeks, especially last week, against a great defense, ultimately. Mac Jones has looked lost, too. And Mac Jones is fully expected to start this game. The All the drama uh, from a week ago we think is going to end because the reporting has been Mac Jones will start that he's taking all the practice snaps, but he reportedly took all the practice snaps a week ago too. And and they still pulled them. So I, I never put it past Belichick who won't confirm it publicly beyond that Mac Jones is ready to play this game, but it's a huge, huge game. For Mac Jones in his career, yeah, he needs to put put sort of what's happened behind him a little bit because it is very uncomfortable there.
1: You're almost glad
2: it's not New England. I was going to say it's perfect because the Patriots and Belichick have no fear going to the Meadowlands, and you get him out of that really unhealthy environment in New England. Where and I'm not. This is not me taking shots at the Patriots fans. It's going to sound like it, but it's like twenty years builds in entitlement in a franchise and a fan base. And they're expecting every quarterback to be Tom Brady now. And if it's if Mac Jones isn't immediately giving them what they want, they're going to assume the backup, like the sixth round pick in 2001, should be the guy that plays. Like that's just like a tra- it's still a transition period for that fan base. So to get him kind of out of that world and yeah. let him just play on the road against the Jets. Um, and it should be said that the Jets lost two major pieces of their offense, but their defense is still intact. And uh, I I expect them to get after Mac Jones.
1: Biggest Patriots Jets game. Since their playoff tussle, I'd say. Well,
2: the Jets have been free for, for Jets terrible, fans, maybe yes. for Jets no, fans. No, no, that p- everyone either. else forgets the Fitz Magic year, and it's oh, okay. understandable. All but right. they had so, they're a big I, game. You're there right. Too. I
1: disregard that season as fraudulent, but maybe I'm wrong. I think
2: on that the
3: Jets will get after, and Mac Jones has not looked comfortable under pressure this year. He hasn't looked like the same quarterback. They're running a lot of vertical routes for Don't him. Do you think
1: they kind of used they used different plays with Zappi than for right. him too? It,
3: it's strange and. Uh, their best player on offense might be centered David Andrews, who really runs all those protections oh, he and he suffered a concussion. Yeah. Christian Barmore, who's, you know, been great. Barmer. Looks like he's out of this game. And the Patriots in general, it sounds strange, but I feel like they go as Trent Brown goes. Like when Trent Brown is rolling, they're rolling. Trent Brown's coming off one of the worst games of his career. He's been a mess. If Andrews is out, I do like this Jets defense. I thought about challenging you to a lockoff for this game, Dan. Because <laughs> I do think the Patriots will win. If I had to choose, I don't feel that strong, sure. but I do think the Patriots will win. But I just thought about: there's a lot of it could just be ugly in the stu- in the newsroom if that happened, or if you know. Either way, it's like I don't know if it's worth it just for the entertainment of the show itself, because it's not the game I feel strongest about.
1: You're but a, it would be it would be a fun little side side piece. You're a natural showman, Greg. So I'm surprised that you could. <laughs> essentially not fall for the temptation. I'm not that.
2: overly confident in this game okay. just because the average margin of victory during this current Patriots 12 game streak over the jets is 20 points. Whoa. And po- I was going,
3: yeah, I was going to see how confident you were. And post
2: Tom Brady, but I'm not the jets are and four with a minus 77 point differential. So Belichick has had their number for years. Uh, but maybe this is the start of something new. That was the Sunday drive presented by Toyota. Let's take a break and continue the
0: draft.
6: So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com,
1: where America goes to hire. All right, we're back. Mark, it's back to you. All right, I'm going to go Steelers at Eagles. Um, first of all, I never buy into this like battle for Pennsylvania business. I don't understand. I don't think that they. I bought into
2: the battle for Ohio. Well, that's a opponents. Night.
1: I don't think that the Eagles and Steelers fans walk around for the I, next I three years kidding. talking I don't, about
2: this. I don't buy into the other one either. Yeah, just this, yeah. This, this, the the way they way sell to, like, some set up of these game, games. Yeah. I
1: understand. I get it. I mean, I'm a, I'll play ball with it. Um, <laughs> you don't even have to. You just, I'm not. I I'm, have refuse, to I'm it. refusing
2: to. Yeah, you just ignore it. I'm
1: refusing to buy into yeah. it. But you kind of have by bringing it up. You're right. I've, I've fallen for my own tricks. Uh, <laughs> Eagles, I think, are just like so interesting to watch and so complete. They just traded for Robert Quinn. That's such the most Eagles thing ever. I mean, they just there's no weakness on this team that I can it's point we, to. I'm bored. I mean, that's I a big that's move. Right. It is a big move. I kind of surprised after like, that Monday need night game. I something
6: new in my life. I'm not in the headlines. Nobody's talking about me. I need to get back in it.
2: Colleen literally predicted that as Howie Roseman. Wait, what? That an undefeated team. I don't even
6: need anything really right now if you think about it, but (laughs) I just want to shop.
3: They don't even need a pass rush.
1: was was
2: such a Howie Roseman thing to do. That was literally on yesterday's show hours before the trade, and that's what they did. They took a strength and they just added more because what the hell? Why not?
1: And, I mean, you talk about Kenny Pickett. I think it's just been so – there are things about Kenny Pickett that I like. I like his aggressiveness, but he's been a turnover machine. Uh, It's sort of a function of their offense a little bit. But you're going to deal with Darius Slay, with James Bradbury, who we talked about how they terrorized Kirk Cousins in that one Vikings loss. Mm. I mean, there's just not a weakness on this Eagles team. I think, if anything, Nick Sirianni has almost gone under the radar as a coach that deserves a lot more credit because it was a year ago when their offense wasn't working out. Point blank, midseason, just turns them into a ground-heavy monster that is unstoppable on the ground. There's so much more balance now. And if you look at the Steelers, they've given up the third most passing yards in the league. Their defense is a good by name and reputation, only they're not a very good defense right now. And I don't see how, if you're Philly, with A.J. Brown, with, with what you've got through the air, that you can't take total advantage of the Steelers' defense, and I don't like it at all for Pittsburgh. Might get T.J. Watt back
3: which would be huge.
1: That I, would be. I actually think
3: the Steelers will keep it under the number just because they have every week. Other than that Bills game, every Steelers game has come down to the last possession. I know in the Browns game they scored a touchdown on the last play, which was one of those fumbles, yeah. but that was essentially a one-score game too. They, they've, they're have they competitive, and I think they'll be competitive, but I think this Quinn trade is one of the reasons why the Eagles built back their team to a superpower so quickly, it's strength on strength, like you mentioned. They're deep at pass rusher already with Brandon Graham and, and Josh Sweat and Hassan Reddick. It, it's crazy, and yet you add another one because I, I think the the analytics department, which Nick Sirianni shouted out by name, as analytics is getting uh, a lot of grief, you know, in the NFL. Nick Sirianni shouted out by name, run by uh, their VP, Alec Halaby. And I think a lot of what these these analytics departments says, at least for the Eagles, which is clear, is load up on huge guys. Load up on your lines. Get eight linemen on both sides because huge men, linemen, especially defensive linemen, but offensive linemen too, is like an undervalued resource somehow, in the NFL, sure. guys that can just play 40 snaps. A fourth round pick for Quinn is and, awesome. You know,
2: you, and the Howie way, mother they, f- their, their ability to cycle in guys and keep players fresh and, and th- all this depth is so incredibly important. You need it because this is a gauntlet this season. So it's a great move. And I love when GMs don't fall in love. I understand the value of a mid round pick and how um, teams believe they could find gold with those picks. But
3: is how long is Robert Quinn under contract? This is it. This yeah. is it. But so he it, gets a compensatory pick. Yeah, it's a potential. Com- it's a
2: potential rental. If if it really works out, they could work out a deal to keep him. If he leaves, you get a, potentially a draft pick. It's just kind of like a no brainer. And if you're another contender in the league, you're like, damn, the Eagles are doing this. They did that with uh, Gardner Johnson before the season started. And one, and there may one-
1: not be another contender in the NFC because you're lucky to be this aggressive in a season where two teams you thought the Bucks and Packers would be major factors are devolving. Right. And I will just say my last
2: point on this Greg is you had mentioned you think the Steelers is going to hang around this game with the exception of the Buffalo game. Well, I think that it's there's three teams, Eagles, Chiefs, uh and Buffalo that are above everyone else and I don't think the Steelers like they couldn't hang with Buffalo, they're going to hang with Philly. On the road, I think they're going to get their doors blown off. I'm laying that wood. Okay. Good
3: for you. What about is the Rainmaker coming out? He did. He took an L last week. He got a W too, right? Did yeah. You split. The, not only did the Seahawks win, but hopefully people felt the confidence as, as six and a half point underdogs there that won by seventeen and just went the you know. Well, the big. other
1: the other matchup you picked cost people uh, dead presidents. One in one. And right, one in so. one's good. Or more. Or families, uh, poten- potentially? Sure. Yeah. I mean, one in peril- ones perilous. great.
3: And if I'm just saying if you took— in one ones great. How about yeah. the guy
1: that only did the, the right. other one? He, he's like, I can only pick well, how one about of if these. My t- funds are, are limited. Yeah. How, how about go if you took Greg's them other both other to win
3: or you took the Seahawks to win, then actually one in one is a win. one in ones a win when they're both heavy underdogs. Drunk on power. Drunk on external power. Unless
5: you parlayed them, then you lose. Sorry. Well, who would? No one
2: does that. Good point, Gravedigger. Gravedigger chimes in. Usually, we'd have an issue, but yeah. no issue. Probably at all. took Greg's
3: advice and is paying for it.
1: Uh, no, not, uh, we as an do, employee not, do, do not do
2: that. Do You oh. would never do, do that.
3: that. Never, That's foolish ever. to even bring it this up. This is the well, worst draft did. ever to have the first overall pick. It truly is. But we say that every week. <laughs> no, it is the <laughs> fact that I'm taking Raiders Saints as my next pick. Woof. I just uh, like am thinking which teams have I watched live. Uh it is a big game for the both of these teams. I think they're both you know, a little better than their records. Any hope that these teams have, you it's know, not a bad you, need game. You, you win? No, it's not. Like but it. but I like it too. That's why I'm taking it. But yeah. they're combined. Their records are four and nine. So it's like right. that's sort of where we are with the NFL. That that's a good game. Sure. Um, Party Town versus Party
1: Town.
2: Oh, yeah. uh, along those lines, this blew my mind. The stat, Reggie. There's only one game in Week Eight with two teams with a winning record and it's the freaking Giants and the Seahawks. My number that, one that, overall That was pick. also true a week ago,
3: I think. <laughs> so, okay, that makes more sense. That but ir- just think about it. If somebody would have told you that
2: yeah. back in the summer. Right. By week eight, there's only one game with two winning teams, and it's the Giants and Seahawks. This has been a weird, funky, freaky season.
3: It, for these two teams, I think especially. The Raiders are arguably one of the best offenses in the league. I mean, they've scored 33 a game the last three. They're running the ball fantastic. I think Derek Carr's making great decisions and they're going up against a bad defense you got to call the saints that at this point for all the talk about like losing sean payton their numbers offensively in every respect are considerably better than they were a year ago like by a lot they're like top five or six in yards per play and points per drive and all this stuff and their defense is right near the bottom at all those they're not making big plays they're giving up Big plays defensively. They're still without Marshawn Lattimore. I, I was thinking maybe with the extra days, with the you know they call it the mini buy for the Saints, they'd get healthier. But Michael Thomas still out of practice. Jarvis Landry still out of practice. Lattimore still out of practice. And the defense hasn't shown enough to me that they're like going to keep the Raiders under 30. So the, can the offense score over 30 with Andy Dalton as their quarterback? I think they have a chance, but it's just like that's
1: a lot to ask. <laughs> they have a chance. I mean, I I I love. I, I know that the. Las Vegas, their record has them in a dark place right now. But they're one team that I kind of think can get back into this thing. I, I like this matchup for them. The Saints have the 31st scoring defense. They have the most giveaways in the NFL on offense. And they have, they were run on by Eno Benjamin a week ago against Arizona. Josh Jacobs has 441 yards and six touchdowns in the last three weeks. Derek Carr is in a better situation with the way they're playing right now on a run-heavy offense. He's thrown one interception since week two. That's the issue when Derek Carr was throwing picks in that week one game. But just in general, when you get that with Derek Carr, you're killing chances. But he's making throws, and they are able to de- – like their line oh. had like nine is he combinations. Is he going do no, I'm not going to do it because going to do what this they we going to do? do. No, it's, way, it's just way <laughs> too strange of a matchup to lock either one without being called a psycho, so I'm not going to do that.
2: Shake old but I think
1: that I think that the, I uh, the team I believe in more is the Raiders to get back into it in the AFC and be a factor down the stretch. I already flipped my pick for this game. I
3: picked the Saints initially. Just felt like they're going to get back in this spot. <laughs> what did your
2: daughter say about that?
3: Uh, and then I looked at that injury report, and I was too freaked out. Dennis Allen, mm. you know, they've here's where they missed Sean Payton is that they no longer have Dennis Allen as their defensive coordinator. And I just think he was a good coordinator. Mm. And he's not a good hood coach, apparently. Peter and the defense Principal. has fallen apart. It's going to yeah.
2: be the very... Uh, the, a very Raiders thing when Josh Jacobs gets a contract extension uh, in December. And then never does this again. Well, just to go from the decline of the fifth-year rookie deal to the extension. I'm, I'm looking forward to that.
1: Fantasy heads are already freaking out about him being overdrafted next summer. We we, we should mention. Well, that's
3: their business, Mark.
1: That's I, yeah, that's yeah, I am saying that they're saying don't do that. They're trying to give good advice. I think. Uh, <laughs> it, it, but who cares about next year's draft? Should are you people really talking about huh? that? I have monitored that on Twitter, that a lot of Josh Jacobs' responses don't fall for this next year. I think the bigger question is, like, do you trade him now at his peak? And I would say no.
3: I think this is sustainable. Uh, Andy Dalton, they believe, is sustainable. They announced he's officially the starter over Jameis Winston, who's healthy enough to play. I think that was actually the case last Thursday. but they like it. They hadn't told Jameis Winston that or told the media or told their players that, and they stuck with Andy Dalton. They said they don't want to rock the boat. How about this?
2: Taysom Hill and Andy Dalton, they can make some music together. Yeah. And we started to see that. And then he's gotten nine touches in the last two weeks. They're, you know, and what you're saying is true. They are scoring points. Some of that is they're chasing points because the defense has given up so many points. But finding a way to make Dalton and Hill work in concert, I think that can I only be like I And some of it, it is they're
3: help. they're giving up points offensively, like Andy Dalton did, and then the running backs did for the first three or four games where they just fumbled three times a week. Oh, it's me again. Uh, it's the Dolphins. It's the Lions. Oof. I think I've watched every single Lions Oof-a. game this year live. I'm sorry. It's just, like, not much out there. And I do find this Dolphins team very compelling, even if the Lions are less compelling, I would say, right now. Teron Armstead has really meant everything to them. When Teron Armstead plays, they protect their quarterback. Mm-hmm. And they look better. And I know they struggled in the final three quarters a week ago. Mm -hmm. And I don't think this is as easy a matchup as it would have been before the buy. I think they came out of their buy with better energy. They played great in terms of their energy on defense a week ago. It wasn't on them. They were flying around. Hutchinson had his best game. Josh Pascal, who was a second round pick returned from IR played great. Okuda played great. And so, I don't just hand this to the the Dolphins. I don't think they're gonna put up 35. I think those
1: days, at least against the Lions, might be over. I wouldn't hand it to the Dolphins either. I mean, if uh, starting with Miami's secondary, which is real banged up, you lost Brandon Jones a week ago at safety. Xavier Howard, I don't think it's looked like himself for much of the year. Byron Jones, Nick Needham, banged up. So you can pass. I mean, that we've seen. We I, I think maybe the early part of the season with Detroit's offense was a bit of a Aberration. I'm not sure that's really who they are on a but week. But they get week. the Andre Swift back. It, that would ma- that would matter a lot. Um, Looks like. Well, sw- he's practicing. He practiced last week too and did not play. So I must. I. Well, I'm assuming we do get him back, and I think that's sort of the heart beating heart of their of their offense. So that's good for Detroit.
2: Anybody absolutely hate uh, Tua's
3: game? against he, the Steelers.
1: He four turnover-worthy... He's so lucky in some of these games, he doesn't have three picks. He really is.
3: Jimmy. They're the Jimmy G comparisons. I think it was our guest, Steve Palazzolo, who I heard make it first, early. There's a lot of Jimmy G to him. And I know you give, it's the same offense, he, but there's a lot of Jimmy yeah. G.
2: And he certainly deserves some rope here um, because of the layoff and obviously the nature of the injury. And I know I've, I've mentioned this before, but I just got to do it again because I know... Statistically, certain players, it all makes sense. Like, oh, you know, this is working. This is The Miami offense is working. But you take out the week two, fourth quarter, and <laughs> these are their points by week. 20, 21, 15, 17, 16,
3: 16. There's some defensive scores in there, too. Yeah, yeah there's a couple in there.
1: You'd have to say, though, in another universe, like Tyreek Hill's not working out at all, and there's a big problem there. You're right, but, but, but that's he, he is working. That's the
3: offense. The windows I, he's throwing into are huge, but they'll probably be huge this week. He does do cert- certain things well. He gets rid of the ball. You'd like him to be more accurate than he was a week ago. To, to guess, your point, it yes. wasn't a strong game. I'd have
2: to guess, and I'm, I haven't looked at it. Maybe Gravedigger could check it out, that both Waddle and Hill are on pace to go over like 1,200 yards receiving.
3: Um and Hill like about 1,800 yards. Yeah, he might yards. be. Yeah. Well, yeah,
2: I'm sure he's way over that. I was kind of low barring it there. but So st- the numbers are there when you looked at, oh, these two guys, watch out. But they're just not scoring enough points, and I think this is a good matchup um, for the the Miami Dolphins. But with the Lions, yeah, did they peak early offensively? Probably, uh, but they're healthier now. Is DeAndre Swift in this game? Did we? We think, I, we, think I, he's we,
3: we think so. Yeah. I do worry about Jared Goff though against this blitz-heavy defense, they're who can home. do some similar things to what the Patriots did to them.
2: Yeah, let's let's find a way, Detroit team of ATL, to get off the mat here and get a win just to kind of pump some vibes into that building uh, at one in five. It has been a very, very bad start for them. And I just can't, quite frankly, I can't deal with another Sunday night flagship program where we're listening to Dan Campbell. In and we heard him. Yeah, we, the well, That's tra- up
3: to us. We could just take him out of the show, but although we've established a precedent. Yeah.
2: They're the team of ATN. He's good. He's good copy. <laughs> he, uh, he's good sound. And we just tapped into his damn phone line. And we heard the conversation with Joe Shane of the Giants. Yes, that's right. So there's a lot of things going on here.
3: Mm. A little concerned about it. Well, maybe, maybe like since we only had that tap working. You know, ran out. Uh, it only worked on Wednesday. Sure. Maybe he will that make that taps, trade. Is that for how great. phone tapping works? Well, it you have runs to out. apply for it. Yeah, I mean, it's like you know, you I, can only listen I'm for X amount of time. I, I've I've watched The Wire, so I'm an expert mm-hmm. here. And you know, you have to apply for a certain amount of time, and then it, it runs out. Mm-hmm. And then, well, if you're operating <laughs> through the law, well, I mean, you, you can, also if that's you're that's in someone's that's official. If you're in the van,
2: dressed as like a utility company, you could listen. Uh, and then, as soon as they start talking about something personal, you gotta click off. And Which wait. I'm sure they do. And then you go back to your newspaper, <laughs> and you say, "We gotta wait. We gotta wait for a few minutes." Uh, and then you check back in. There is a code to tap. Television taught us this.
5: Update on your Dolphins receiver question. Yes. Tyreek Hill leads the league in receiving yards. They've played seven games. Lots of teams only played six games. Terry Kill leads the league in receiving yards per game. On okay. pace for 1876. Jalen Waddell, oh. fifth in the league in receiving yards per game. On pace for 1507. So
2: they're what a both o- over 1,500 yards, and yet they score 17 points a game. What's,
3: what a producer, by exactly the way. he's Digger's doing a good job. He's great. Good job. Thank you for saying that. And the running game is working good now, job. too. <laughs> Initially, I would say that would be what was off, but now most getting rolling. So what's up? Why are they scoring what? more points? I don't have a good answer. Does anybody –
2: like, what's going – are they a red zone disaster? I wonder if it's
3: yards per drive good, points per drive not so good. Yeah, pass protection for the weeks that Armstead was out. But, no, they're good in the red zone. They had a bunch of quarterbacks.
2: Obviously, that you know, that will lead to a little jankiness with the offense.
3: But they were still moving the ball in those games. A lot of yards, a lot of field goals, at least in the last month. Hmm. A bit mysterious. A bit of an unsolved mystery.
2: Robert Stack style. The Dolphins and their offense. During their uh, Tampa Bay impression. I was going to do a snake, but Greg, that was your pick. So we're up to Mark Sessler. All
1: right, I'm going to go uh, Panthers at Falcons. Uh, there's not a lot to pick from at this point, but I, I do find, obviously, what happened with P.J. Walker a week ago makes the Panthers more compelling uh, visually to me. Falcons, I think you can – the Falcons have the 32nd – Ranked pass defense. So maybe P.J. Walker, who made some absolutely beautiful throws a week ago, the touchdown to D.J. Moore, the touchdown to Tommy Tremble, uh, I think that can happen again. I, and they, they're showing faith in him. He's out. Look at how many guys come in, like a PJ Walker, and suddenly outshine the first overall pick outshine. in Baker Mayfield. Sam Darnold's not seeing the field. Let's see if you can do it against Atlanta's last-ranked pass defense, who gave up 483 yards a week ago to Joe Burrow. And how do they respond on offense? This is what bothers me a little bit with the Falcons because they're not built to get in. If you don't have the lead, what Atlanta wants to do does not work on offense. They had Mariota throw 13 passes a week ago when they. They had given up a ton of points out of the gate. He threw fourteen the week before. They just don't trust him well, through the air. And you got to be able to team. You got to be even and run the ball if you're Atlanta. Otherwise, you're in hot water. I said
2: it on the Sunday show. They were they were trailed by double digits for 50 game minutes of that game, and he still finished with 13 passes. Yeah. And so there's there's this thing going on because we also you have Kyle Pitts and Drake London, the last top 10 picks in the last two years, and then you have the way that Arthur Smith's choosing to run the offense, and there's a disconnect there. And I wonder what it's all about. By the way, shout out to all my fellow Kyle Pitts fantasy owners out there. This is the last stand. We, we, we've we waited and we've waited. If they don't put up some points and he doesn't get some targets against the Panthers, we need to move and find something else. Go get Tyler Higby or something off the waiver wire, a little fantasy nug for you. But I'm just curious, Greggy, why why do we treat Marcus Mariota as if he's Tim Tebow or Cordell Stewart like they're not. I know he's not a gifted passer of the football, but he's treated as if do not under any circumstance, let this thing turn into a
3: passing a passing offense. It's crazy. Last week in that game, they were running on first down the whole time they were trying to come back. The Patriots did it, too, with Bailey Zappi. But I think that's telling that Bailey Zappi and Mariota are getting treated the same. Right. Honestly, it, it was kind of insane. They weren't playing hurry up. They continued to run the ball. I worry about this matchup for Atlanta because, as I mentioned a week ago, that the Falcons lost A.J. Terrell, who's their best player. Doesn't sound like he's going to play. Casey Hayward's now on IR. I would say maybe their uh, second-best player, along with Grady Jarrett, of course, uh, up front. But they're two best in the secondary, certainly. Uh, you know, and that we talked about the Panthers were going to be mentioned kind of last, and they were this dead team. They win this game. And the Bucks lose on Thursday night, which maybe has already happened. If you listen to this, <laughs> they are in first place, so they are no—they are in this season if they win this game. And just beating the Bucks and Panthers and being three and zero in the division, because remember they beat the Saints earlier too. Yep. Mm. I mean, they're—they're they're in this thing. You're alive. I don't think they're got like a good could be a good team, but they could be a seven and ten team that ties to win this division. They're a classic
1: berserker down the stretch <laughs> if they play the they way they play. They could be that weird Panthers Cam Newton team.
3: Remember that. Where they went seven and ten? Am I crazy? Or was they had the a terrible Cardinals? start
1: under Rivera. Then they yes, they came surging back seven and nine. They've changed the the game. There is Dan, more. And really yeah, this is the
2: second season with the seventeen game schedule, really polarizing. Uh, but more football.
3: I did like People seeing like the yes, Steve Wilkes locker room thing. I mean, they celebrated that thing like they won the Super Bowl, and uh, it's been a down season. So.
2: Good for Steve Wilkes. The the, the
3: entire organization. I'm just saying it's been so miserable that you couldn't have this moment of pure joy. Maybe it carries over.
2: Maybe not. Let's move on after this break.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower...
6: So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire.
2: All right, here we go. Uh, Zeus is up. Uh, Pickens are slim. So let me go grab a late game here. Uh, I don't want to watch the Commanders and Sam Ellinger. So let's go with your Tennessee Titans
3: at the Houston Texans. That's available, correct?
1: That is that is available. It uh, is. You yes. would be
3: stealing it potentially from Graver. I like that. Uh, you know. Make him, you know, watch the Colts. Justin and I have a nice uh, working arrangement, uh, and we will tag team this game.
5: Cool. I'd also be happy to watch Hook'Em Sam Ellinger's first NFL start. Yeah,
3: that's what I mean. We might need a fourth pair Perfect. of eyes there. That's wonderful. All right,
2: so that let me take care of this game, the Tennessee Titans, 4-2. Um, travel to Houston to face... The Texans, and uh, <laughs> yes, we have Davis Mills coming off. Let me start with something positive here. Davis Mills uh, was bad for five weeks, went into the bye, and then was professional um, against the Raiders in a loss. Um, you have, of course, Damian Pierce, who is going to give you 100-plus total yards every game. So you have something cooking there. Is Brandon Cooks going to be on the team as of right now? Hmm. He is. But we shall see. Uh, come Sunday, a little late in the week to trade for him, but hey, you know the NFL. Oh, anything can happen. Unprodu- can I ask you a question? Sure. Christian McCaffrey. When
3: was he traded for? Bingo. Point made. Thursday night. There you go. Boom.
2: Did see he play that worked, on Drake? Sunday? I don't.
3: Yeah, that was good. Yeah. I don't think it's the same sort of chemistry market I have had this show, but it's good. Mm. It's good. Mm. I don't know. TBD. The fact that, the still fact that left. you
2: uh, felt the need to kind of <laughs> say that makes me know you're worried. Says more about you than it says about me. <laughs> the old Greggy. Um, all right. Anyway, so you got the Texans and the Titans. I love that the way things are setting up here for Tennessee. I've talked about it. I don't need to bel- belabor it. Uh, they're well coached. They have a great running game. They have a quarterback that's not going to kill them, and they've been through the wars. They're going to win a lot of close games, like the G-men. They're the G-men in the AFC, where you're not gonna mm. you're not gonna be totally bu- you're not gonna be totally thrilled when you see them hosting a playoff game in January. But guess what? They're gonna have their 11 wins and away they go. So I think this is another one. I'm a little uh, Greg. Maybe you could offer something to me in way in, in the way of an explanation because Vegas has this game at a, I believe one and a half. I've got I've got a great two and, one. and a half. I've uh, got a
3: great one. Yeah, go ahead. Ryan Tannehill's status is up in the air. And that is, I think, informing what's going on. that number. As the week goes on, it seems much more likely that Ryan Tannehill will play. And I think it's gone from one and a half to two
5: and a half. What are they
2: saying on the beat? Uh, he's oh. out of
5: the boot. He's out of the boot. Yeah. He spoke at the press conference. He hasn't been participating in practice, but that was expected. He said he's getting all the mental reps he can get. I would be very surprised if Tannehill doesn't play. Right, but I think it was How a well little he'll uncertain. Play yeah. Is is like can Say he no really more. plant? You think he's playing? I think he's playing. Then I'm locking up the
2: Titans. Oh. Give me it.
1: Well, I have to let you know something. Yes, sir. And this... You know, Greg, you can see right here. Ooh. I am also locking up the Titans. Chemistry
5: And can I say something? Yes. yes. After getting basically bullied into doing it for the first time this year, I'm also locking up the Titans. Ooh, I oh. What
1: could go wrong? Yeah, so this is what absolutely could go wrong? Going
5: to be the letdown game. Let right. me hit you with a fact. Last year the Titans went into Houston on a six game winning streak and lost to a 2-7 and seven Texans team this year. They enter Houston on a four-game winning streak up against so a 1-1 Texans that? No, team.
1: Uh, they are, that, what happened last year? Right. It's on their minds. The oh, Titans. Yeah. And it you know informed what? them. Justin, They're not
2: ha- letting that happen. If anymore. you want to join this chemistry hive and this triple lock... Chem hive. Chem hive. We don't need any of that, like... Talk. That's that, that I'm that energy. being Matt Lafleur,
5: and you guys are Aaron Rodgers right now. Is that what's happening? No, yeah, but more or less. Why are you bringing that energy to
3: just? If you're locking it, that's, right. You didn't even lock guess, them against the Commanders. I just want to
4: lock with reservations. Just get
1: your act together. Yeah. Never lock with reservations.
4: Derrick so.
5: Henry has a chance for a fourth straight 200-plus yard rushing and two-plus rushing touchdown game against the Texans. Fourth straight. He's done it that's through the last. Three isn't that incredible?
2: That's see. You're a Hall of Famer when you have any type of nug like that. Like, Derrick Henry's a Hall of Fame running back. And I think, yes, I reserve the right to back out of this lock if Ryan Tannehill is scratched. Um, I'm going to put that out there now. But as long as he's playing, they will take care of business. Yeah, I
3: loved their pass rush last week. Bud Dupree actually giving them something uh, coming off an injury. And the Texans feel easy to pick against because – They've quietly taken a huge step back on defense. It's hard to think the Texans could take a huge step back in anything, but their defense was frisky. It was like pretty close to average for most of last year. And now Lovey Smith's group is, is one I mean, of the worst defenses.
2: Is anybody surprised? No. The Lovey Smith hire they never are. felt particularly no. inspired.
3: Okay, no. another moment that I took from Tuesday when yeah. Gara Fuller was on when he said the Texans expected them to be better than they were. That threw me actually. That felt like a setup for Lovey Smith to be fired. Like that, wherever that's coming from, it just started. Like, here okay, they go here. again on their own. Hey, you want to hear another weird one? I know it's the Texans, but sure. I found this weird. Camo uh, Grugier Hill, their linebacker, who's like been leading them in tackles, one of their better defensive players. So, a guy of yours? Players? No, of your no. no. But nor, uh, nor he one asked of mine. for and uh, he requested and received his release this week, even <laughs> though he's like played. Oh, you know, most of the season for the Texans. That just is a str- strange still, team. You could take the Easter be out of the Texans, but there's still some weird stuff going on. That's weird. What's that? Uh, what's that dude? Who is that dude? Yeah, that
2: line. This whatever. could go anywhere. <laughs> no, he's like a... Matthew po- McConaughey. He's a polarizing uh, Kansas City-based sports writer, uh, talking head type dude. Anyway, um, <laughs> David Cully. Jason Whitlock? Whitlock. Oh, wow. Um He had that thing. <laughs> Kansas
3: City-based threw me, but back yeah, w- in the day, yeah.
2: Whenever uh, someone is, like, getting the last laugh, like, oh, so-and-so is cackling while rolling a blunt somewhere. That is <laughs> yeah. David Culley right now. It's like, whatever. Yeah. You fired me? Get
1: my cackle on. I mean, he's still getting paid, so, it, you know. Enjoying right. his Life. Uh, 420, bros! Ow! <laughs> it wasn't an
2: endorsement, by the way. It was just... I remember that was one of his things. Let's move into my other pick. A little sloppy. I got to have three early games, but life is life. <laughs> Chicago Bears. There's only seven, two we, we can do some <laughs> post-game fixing, trading. Chicago Bears at Dallas Cowboys. I If I'm a Bears fan or if I'm in the locker room, I'm totally bummed right now. We had a really promising showing in prime time with our young quarterback, and we embarrassed Bill Belichick, who was going to set the record, held by Mr. Bear himself, George Hallace. And we lay a beating on the Patriots. There was, a, I think, Roquan Smith had a great line. He said, It was so quiet in that building that you could hear a rat piss. <laughs> it's a little uncouth a line, but it's a great Unless line. Unless he
1: actually did hear that, then it's just factual. So yeah. then
2: what do the Bears turn around and do? They trade, like, one of the most important players on the team, Robert Quinn. Um, to the Eagles, so that's a real letdown, I would imagine, inside that locker room in terms of, do you really believe in us because we just got our third win in a wide-open league and now you just you told us you're playing for tomorrow, not for today. So I don't think the vibes are going to be hot going into Dallas. Mm. I think the Cowboys are a team that, listen, you watch that game and you say, oh, great, Cowboys got healthy 24-6 over the lines. If not for that Jamal Williams fumble, they're losing with 10 minutes to play in that game, yeah. so... That, they're not unbeatable by any stretch. I think the Cowboys... like I haven't had four in the power rankings, uh, but this is a weird power rankings year. This, they're more like a, a number 10 team to me right now in a mm. typical season. So it's not like the Bears have no chance, especially if Fields continues to gain confidence, Greggy. But at the same time, uh, the Quinn thing, I really do think that could have a psychological effect on Chicago.
3: Well, yeah, Roquan Smith was on the... That was crazy. ...podium when the trade happened. So they asked him about it, and he couldn't continue he started you know getting emotional when he was talking and then he left and this is a guy who's had his own issues with the Bears who was asking for sure. a trade but is bawling out and is one of their young best players and then Maybe he was see- just
2: upset that he wasn't the one that got traded <laughs>
3: I think to see a guy it's that fair. you look up to that's had an incredible career in Robert Quinn and you know, must be one of the most respected people in that locker room and, and better players in the locker room traded, you're you're right. I think that does damage. That said, their defense has played better each and every week. Their passing game, even though it's not great, has played better in each of the last three weeks, I think has been their best three passing game week. Their running game has been good all along. That game on Monday night made me think the Bears have a shot to be frisky. Maybe they sure. are frisky. Maybe they got to frisky with that, so that why it's again, annoying, though, they why they
2: made that trade? Because that yeah. was right the moment yeah. where yeah.
3: you're like, wait a second, all right, Bears. And I think it's a tough matchup because their offensive line has gotten by so far, but they have another injury there, another couple injuries
1: there, and you're playing the Cowboys. So this might not be the week for it, but we'll see. I'm, I'm curious. I think it's tough for Matt Eberflus, too, to lose Robert Quinn. I mean, it's just sort of a, a weird move. Uh Because I I came out of that Monday night game also thinking, like, in this NFC, if Chicago can rebrand themselves on offense the way they have over the last month, and if you're going to get Justin Fields improving as a passer the way he has the last three weeks – You've got something here because he's so dangerous and hard to. He's the kind of quarterback because of what he can do on the ground, the defensive coordinators go nuts trying to figure out how to stop him. And it's not just him, it's Khalil Herbert, it's Montgomery Lake. It's such a punishing ground game that when you have that, you can do anything, I think. It's just for me, right? Also, you look at their defense, third-ranked pass defense right now. Last week, Prescott, 18 for 19 on shorter throws, under 15 yards, one through six on 15-plus yards through the air. Hmm. I I think that Dak, like, like Mike McCarthy, Zaddy said, that he got better as the game went along, and he did. But it wasn't some sort of like, oh, wow, we've got this version of Dak Prescott right now that takes the Cowboys totally over the and that's top. that's okay. We, it's, it's okay, the first, we, haven't, we yeah. haven't seen that yet. Yeah. I, I, to me, think that this is a, a game for the Bears where they do have a chance. And I, I, I you got to get over the Robert Quinn stuff because if this, if what you, if what they are is what they did against Bill Belichick and the Patriots a week ago, the rest of this season is about the most promising stretch the Bears fans have experienced in a very long time, if that's who they are. If Justin Fields keeps if that's getting who Justin better, is, no right. Zeke this week. Health
3: looks like he's who cares. He's Tony Pollard is just the better runner. Well, that's back what I mean. Right that's why yeah. I care because it's interesting. Everyone's I been wanting. I think Zeke has value to this team still. He's not Zeke I'm just anymore. saying, Tony
1: Pollard. Like if get him a week where we get to see him do everything. I I um, love the well. Idea they of also it. have a bye I like next week. Having yeah.
2: both of them, I I think they I think they're a nice tandem. I think the conversation. Sometimes it skews because it's the Cowboys like, oh, Zeke Elliott, he's terrible now. Never play him. I think they have something working with both of those I guys. Agree. But I think Pollard, yeah, it'll be good for Tony Pollard and fantasy owners that have been stashing him waiting for this very moment.
3: Good for them. Ooh, the final I'll stand. just say
4: this. We're nobody's underdog. Mm.
3: They're not. They're huge, huge favorites. They handled it fine last week. Took care of business. 21 Their, points on five turnovers. That defense shows up each and every week. There's... There's not a lot of reason to think they won't this week.
2: All right, Mark, the last game falls to you, uh, but we're going to get some help from the Grave Digger
1: Commanders at Colts. All right. Uh, you know, this should have been the Colts taking Matt Ryan in to face Carson Wentz and prove that they made the right decision at quarterback. Oh, yeah. Instead, we, we we were weeks into the season, and Matt Ryan is history. And in comes Sam Ellinger, which I just think was essentially a, a move about – Matt Ryan's guaranteed money. I think it was a move about Jim Irsay wanting to just change things up, the owner. Uh, Ellinger gives you mobility. I guess that's what they keep saying. I mean, he did rush for 33 touchdowns uh, in four seasons at Texas. So he does have that. And I guess, you know, the age of Matt Ryan, who the Stone Age pony who cannot move in the pocket, getting destroyed, um, was too tough on the eyes for the Colts to deal with. I kind of think the, that I believe more in the Commanders at this point than I do in the Colts because if the Colts want to be what they were last year when they overcame their terrible start, it starts with Jonathan Terrell. They're thirtieth in rushing right now, and I know he's been out of the lineup. Hines has been out of the lineup, but I'm not sure that's the team they are right now. That said, one is, one of these like when you cannot pass protect, if you want to turn into a. a, a a run-blocking line and try to just unleash Jonathan Taylor with Ellinger at quarterback, I like your chances better than what was going on before. And get him on
2: the move, get him outside the pocket. Yeah. Let's hear from Matt Ryan, um, who, like the rest of us, was shocked by his benching.
4: I mean, individually and personally disappointed. Um, you know, as as a player, as a competitor, you want to be out there. You want to, you want to go. And so... Um, part of, uh, of the deal in this league you've got to produce and, and you got to go out there and play and, and uh you know, frustrated that we weren't able to do that uh, in the first seven games, but um, you know move forward you know life in, oh my god in this league is weekly you have, you have sam production has to be there so obviously yeah. disappointed personally but um here for the team
2: we have matt ryan a lot of spilling, ambient noise there. Spilling his guts to the reporters about essentially potentially the end of his career and then a spirited game of ping pong going on behind <laughs> him with the other Colts players. It, it just, it's just funny. But I just want to say to that point, I read a really good article in uh, The Ringer. Ben Solak wrote it. Um, the headline was the simple math behind the colt's decision to turn to sam ellinger 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 ellinger, ellinger. Uh, and it was he wrote about which something was very interesting and made sense like how what's going on with the league right now more and more uh, positive stress is being put on hey we need a quarterback to save plays and if a play breaks down in the passing game somebody that could turn a 7 yard sack loss uh, into a 20-yard rush. Uh, the scrambling of a quarterback has never been more effective, and it's and guys like Matt Ryan um, or even Carson Wentz to a certain extent before him or Phillip Rivers before him or Jacoby Brissett before him in Indy, those guys are dead when the pass rush gets there. Ellinger gives them a chance uh, to do some different things, and I think that is one of the reasons as well why they would made this decision.
3: He won this job in in August. Not that they expected Matt Ryan to play the way he did, but we talked that the preseason matters only so much for young quarterbacks, but it's mattering when you put your proof of concept as a player, as a second-year player, on paper. He had a 55-yard rushing touchdown in the preseason where he made a couple guys miss. He threw a bunch of touchdowns. He was accurate. He was not like get-rid-of-the-ball-quickly guy. He's a little more hold-the-ball-and-make-a-play guy uh, without huge skill set. So maybe, in their minds, a better version their of Taylor mind. Heineke. You know, like a similar type of hmm. player. But he's he's not the Tua, like, I'm going to make all the right reads quickly, and you wouldn't expect that as a second-year player. But I think they're just hoping he can add a, a little bit of playmaking. I think their excitement about him is at least ge- genuine to the point where, like, they just couldn't watch Matt Ryan anymore. But, man, that game last I mean, week. When I went back to watch it, that, yeah, I hope sad. that's not his last game. It yeah. was one of the saddest and last games he you you could have. once the pass
2: rush got there, he either takes a sack, he gets hit and fumbles, or he throws it up for grabs. And those are all – looks like a quarterback, a veteran pocket quarterback who looks cooked. But, and then you could say, well, what about last week when they had him throw it 60 times and he let him come back win? But there was more – so much more bad – then good with Matt Ryan. So the moves doesn't it's not that the move doesn't make sense. It's what we know about the backdrop of the move and what was said before the season where you had them on record, the Colts saying this isn't just about this year or even next year. We see him at least our starting starting, starting quarterback for two years and then he's gone in eight
1: weeks. Well, I mean, uh, crazy. The whole operation is sitting on the hot seat right now. For all the praise and love that we've given to Frank Reich over the years and assumed that quarter, the next quarterback they bring in is going to be in a great situation in Indianapolis. And I mean, Frank Reich said it. Like, what they sold Matt Ryan did not exist on this Colts team. The offensive line, like the fact that he'll be well protected, a great ground game. None of it's been true. And so, if anything, switch it up and see what you, what you get with Ellinger it's and Roll. It's, it's desperate. It's desperate, but it's but like that's where they are. You're, it, you, we already knew what they'd be the rest of the season with Matt Ryan. They're hoping that there's something with Sam. Right. We will see. Ballard Ballard gave
3: all that money to that offensive line and the picks and that's who's struggling. And you know their their big name players are struggling. Quentin Nelson has not necessarily been the same. Mm-hmm. Ryan Kelly who's made a Pro Bowl has not been the same and they're going up against a Washington team which grades out as like winning in the pass rush and getting uh, a ton of pressures a lot. I don't I don't see it cuz they're not like a good defense but this isn't necessarily an easy first matchup, that easy for Ellinger. Maybe he'll be under pressure. If you lose this game as a Colts, it just feels very like, oh, what do, what do we do now? We just lost to the commanders after making this big move. Got big problems. I'm I checking. have a thought on
5: it. Yes. yes. I think Jeff. this is one of those, we don't have a quarterback of the future. If Sam plays well, he could be our guy. If he plays poorly, we're going to get a high draft pick and be in the mix for C.J. Stroud Bryce Young or whoever. Also so. known as
1: like Davis Mills Part 2. And that's
3: yeah. the way an owner thinks. It's not necessarily how you know, a head coach thinks, and that supports the theories of, of how involved Ursay was. Yeah. I'm looking at the Week 8 announcer
2: assignments, and under this game it says... Bert and Ernie, Hansis, Rosenthal, and Sessler. Oh, oh, that's cool. That's good. We would be great. So I guess we're just backups. No, it's actually Brandon Godin. Go- Godin.
1: You come to us with Ellinger? these pronunciation checks sometimes, and Greg and I are missing. We got Ellinger. We don't, we don't, yeah, we Robert got Robert Smith we... and Jen
3: Hale on the
1: call. They do a great job. Love Jen Hale. I think she still
3: does uh, sidelines for the Pelicans, who, Jay I, Hale? who I've adopted as one of my NBA teams. So, I you know, keep watching some local Pelicans, Pel's looking. Are you good. just loyal to basketball ultimately? <laughs> All
2: right, uh, before we say goodbye, let's check in. Football
1: on the... is completely let's different than basketball. <laughs> there it is. Bingo.
2: Let's check in on the lock of the week Standing, Zeuser and Rosenthal at five and two, uh, and then we have the Gravedigger at four and three, the West Brothers at three and four.
3: Wait, you know what? And then in tiny little lettering at the bottom, oh, Sussler's involved
1: too. That's good to know. Mark, I'll get my revenge. Market four and three. <laughs> Clowns. I always return. <laughs> I, I love that you. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's just an absurd bit. You still One of get 12 mad about it. Bits. I'm you not mad, mad. I just find it. I find it to be. It's obviously we're going to do the well, second. Like if week you were now.
3: in first place, they couldn't do
1: that. But no. since yeah, yeah, they could. They'll but find some for way. The audio I, listener, I, I will be annoyed first by place it. I will soon enough. What was that? Mark? I, I'm not that annoyed by it. Oh, well, that's good. But they, for the audio
2: <laughs> listeners, I think it is disrespectful that uh, you were not in the main grouping there. You Thank you. absolutely should be with the rest of
1: us. No, I think it's it was disrespect, and I'll figure out through my own investigations, my own wiretapping, uh, who behind the glass is mm. responsible for this, and they will be punished.
2: Uh, this is the bad news for you. The guy probably responsible is like six, seven, and he wears a, a wool cap and never smiles. So you
1: good luck t- with that. You take
3: him out at the knees. <laughs> six, seven. What? <laughs> Stop. Good uh, luck with I also that. like that the three of you guys, <laughs> Gravedigger, Sessler, and Hansis, all on the same team. I mean, the analytics would say this is a great. Week for me. That's what you would want is your team teammates to all yeah but you on. had a
2: terrible uh, lock so yeah your are uh, feels about very it. shaky. <laughs> the analytics say that we're in good position there as well.
3: <laughs> well that's that's uh, your opinion and I don't share it.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Thank you everybody for listening. We will be back uh, with the Friday fun show tomorrow so make sure you're there. Patrick Claybon rejoining us uh, in the fourth chair. Uh, be part of the interactive experience 10 a.m. Pacific 1 p.m. Eastern Happy hour time in London and surrounding territories. Uh, until then, Dan Hans is signing off for Quiet Storm, the old boss, the Gravedigger, our incredible team behind the glass, including eh. six foot seven, in the wool cap. Eh. Heed the call.